this solemnity today is to remember uh, those who lived their lives in such a way where we know from what we, the church investigates uh, that there are people in heaven and we call them saints. And it's important to remember this because this is what we are all called to. And one day this solemnity will become our solemnity. And it's important because nobody gets to heaven unless they're a saint. You don't have to be a declared saint, but to be in heaven means you are a saint. And that's really something to think about because what can happen is we can get into the habit of coming to Mass on Sundays, you know, Holy Days of Obligation, start to think about what does the church actually require of us, which is really a bare minimum. And when we think about it, do we really want to do the bare minimum? Hey, does anybody here want to approach Jesus at the end of their life and be like, I did the bare minimum. Can I get in? I did the least of what you asked. Let, let me in. No. By your reactions, yeah, I'm sure none of you want to do that. And so then we have to ask ourselves, what can we do? And that's an important question to bring to the Lord because it looks different for every person. As anyone who ever has read the lives of the saints would know that all of their lives are different. There are some that struggled in their marriages. There are some that struggled with addiction, mental illness. Some had violent things done to them. Some were murdered. Some were tortured. And there are some who just lived simple lives. And there are some that we have no idea who they are or how they live their life. But when we tend to think about them or read about them, we tend to read these miraculous stories. And in doing so, we can get into a habit of, oh, well, that's not for me. Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, it is. We just have to put it into perspective. Whenever we read stories, what we are reading are the highlights of their life. Just like any movie, when you watch a movie, you're watching all the highlights of those characters' lives. I mean, how many of us would sit and watch a movie if it showed their life in real time? I admit, none of us. That would be the worst movie ever made. Who would want to sit in the theater as we're watching these characters eat breakfast? Nobody. But that's something we don't think about. The fact that all these saints 
while they did miraculous things, they had very ordinary lives. I guarantee you there would be days, let's take Padre Pio for example, I guarantee you there were days where he got up, ate breakfast, prayed, maybe talked to his other brother monks, went to lunch, prayed some more, did some reading, maybe wrote some things in a journal, had some dinner, and then we went to bed. That's probably an average day for him, but you wouldn't read anything like that in the story of his life. And that's what can make looking at the saints a little difficult. Because each one of us know our life better than anybody sitting next to you right now. Any of us know our life better than any other family member because we're the only ones who take ourselves everywhere we go. We're the only ones who have to sit through ourselves in our everyday ordinariness, eating breakfast, sitting on the couch, driving from one place to another in the car. Now there are times where we experience these moments with others but it will be us who will find difficulty seeing the extraordinary things in our life. This is why our neighbor is so important. It is our neighbor who will point out what is extraordinary about us. This is why prayer is so important because it is through prayer that the Lord will help us see something that is miraculous for him that may be something very simple for us. One example of a holy person's life, this person isn't declared a saint. I don't think he's declared a blessed yet. He is a servant of God, so his case is being investigated. This man, his name is Father uh, Emil Capon. He was a military chaplain, grew up in Polson, Kansas. He went to seminary, graduated. Then he was sent to further studies at the Catholic University of America in DC. He commissioned into the army and then he was sent over to Korea during the Korean War. Now, military chaplains can't carry weapons with them. They usually have an officer that's assigned to them that their sole mission is to protect the chaplain. And so not being able to carry a weapon, he would put canteen bags on his belt, take the canteen out and fill it with apples. And he would go from foxhole to foxhole, checking on the men on the front line, offering them apples. Some of, the, some of the men would be a little weirded out. I don't need apples. Why are you giving me apples? But he would do that. 
And then when they would come under fire and people would get injured, Father Emil would go to the foxholes and drag out the injured and bring them back to safety. And he would go back in and do it again. There was an instance where he was in a foxhole that had a bunch of men in it that were injured and he was trying to get them out. And then all of a sudden he was surrounded by a bunch of Korean soldiers yelling at him. And he yelled right back. He yelled at them who were pointing weapons at him, pleading, yelling, saying, let me get these men to safety. And then you can take me hostage, whatever you want to do. Just let me get these men to safety. And the soldiers, the Korean soldiers were shocked that this man was yelling at them. And they didn't know what to think of it, so they just let him go and save the soldiers in the foxholes. Eventually he got captured and had to do the death march to the camp which was, I don't know how many miles. It was a long time. Many people died on the way. He gets to the Korean camp, and he's put in the officer's section. And what he would do is he would sneak from the officer's section to the enlisted section to help those men. They tended to be a lot younger. And so he wanted to make sure that they were okay. He would smoke a pipe, and he would fill the pipe with whatever tobacco he had left and he would give it a, just a little puff or two to the soldiers that were injured so they could have a little bit of relief from their pain. He would wake up early every morning before the guards so he would have time to take a little piece of metal that he found and he would shape it slowly with a rock that he found. He would shape it for as long as he could until the guards woke up. Then he had to wait till the next day to continue and eventually that piece of metal he shaped into a bowl that he would use to celebrate mass with. He would have just a little crumb of unleavened bread and a few drops of wine, and that's all he had. And he would celebrate mass in the corner of a bunker as all the other soldiers would gather around him so the guards couldn't see what he was doing. The conditions became so bad in the camp that the Chinese that were allies with the Koreans came in and they said, oh, this is bad. These conditions are very bad. We need to take over uh, in case this thing doesn't go our way. People aren't going to look at us and we get sentenced for war crimes against humanity. And that's saying a lot for the Chinese military to say that it's bad conditions for human beings because their government doesn't care about human beings. So that's saying a lot. This man eventually died. And uh, he received the Congressional Medal of Honor But all we hear about are those stories that I just shared with you now. In fact, I think there's only one book, maybe two now, that are written about him. But he lived an entire life. 
He went to college multiple times, got multiple degrees, but we don't hear about if he struggled in school or the hours he spent sitting at his desk, probably frustrated with a professor or an assignment. We don't hear about his earlier work in parishes before being sent off to war about the many people he ministered to on an everyday, ordinary basis. And this is important to think about because it's in the ordinariness of our life that we slowly shape the virtues that are necessary for sanctity. One of the requirements that the church looks at is if the person lived heroic virtue. That means they experience virtue beyond what a normal person could achieve. But all of that is for us. And we don't need anything extra. God gives us everything that we need to become saints. It includes the people in our life. It includes the sacramental life, the church. And so it's something to truly think about today. And even tomorrow and the next day. Because this solemnity is to remind us of our destiny to remind us of our mission and to remind us ultimately what we are called for and that is to become a saint. To fall short of this mission is to experience the greatest tragedy in life which is not to be a saint. Because to get to heaven you have to be a saint. There are no non-saints in heaven. And so while we may experience many sufferings, anxieties, relationship issues, whatever it is that drags you into mud, know that to some degree the Lord allows such a thing so we have the opportunity to pick ourselves back up, to rise above it, to grow in some virtue that we are lacking in, and so ultimately to bring about our sanctification. And it may not seem like love when we're down in the dirt, but it's from being down in the dirt to picking ourselves up and getting out of that that we are able to appreciate what is in store for us. That we are able to look around and see the beauty that the Lord surrounds us with. That we are able to inhale the fresh air 
They were able to drink clean water. And to know that ultimately we are not meant for this life. This life is a battleground to get us to the next one. And so one day the Lord will bring people into your life and most likely already has where they don't want anything from you other than to pass on an apple and maybe pull you out of harm's way. And so for the next few days, let us think of not how much we might have lowered the bar to get into heaven, but let's think how we can reach a bar that is right out of our grasp and ask the Lord to strive for that so we can be in a disposition to receive more and more of who he is and his love and mercy for us.